0: Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner.
1: And thank God there wasn't nobody coming. But, but good morning. I'm excited to be here. Um, it's been a while since I've been up here, About just about a year since I've given a message on Sunday morning. And there's a lot of faces that I don't know, and you might not know me. So I'll introduce myself real fast. So my name is Bo Stevenson. I've been coming to Grace Church for uh, 11 years, going on 12 years now. I've been married to my wife, Ashley. We'll be married 10 years this year. And yes, it's been... One whole decade it's been a great time and and I don't think I I know I wouldn't change anything you know (laughs) get in trouble if I say the wrong word there but uh, (laughs) she's in the back she won't hear this anyways but yeah we met here at Grace Church in 2013 and, and since then we've been coming here and we've raised a family we have two children Harper and Stetson. Um, and we farm over in Hazleton, so I don't get a lot of, you know, as we grow the farm and, and that kind of expands, I don't get a lot of opportunities and time to to do this kind of ministry stuff that God's called me to do, but um, when I get the opportunity, I, I, I take it. So I'd like to thank Pastor Travis for letting me, letting me up here. Um, but before we begin, I'd like to just open up in prayer, so if you'll join me with that. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for today, God. I thank you for each and every one of us that are here, Lord, and allowing us to come here safely, God. And I pray for everybody as we go home and also those that are coming to second service, God, for safe travels. I ask, God, that you would allow this message today to be an encouraging message, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today, God, and that you would allow me to step aside. God, that you know that I, in my heart, I don't have anything out of myself to say, God, but everything and every word that I speak, Lord, I pray that would just be, come from you and be inspired by you, God, and be exactly what we would need to hear today, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So yeah, we're in the third week of 2024, right? The let's say 21st. So three weeks into 2024, so we're still kind of in the new year. And as Pastor Travis said during the prayer, oftentimes the new year, its most of the time, for most of us, it's met with excitement. It's met with, you know, we've got resolutions and goals. We, we look at the last year and we take a kind of an evaluation of ourselves and we see what worked and what didn't work. And we're able to, to look, forward at the, uh, look towards the future and say, you know, God, I want to dive deeper into my prayer life. I want to, maybe I want to be more mindful of my health. I want to be financially, um, you know, stable. I want to be more diligent in my finances. We set goals and it's an exciting time. But for some of us here today, it might be a time where we're looking at the new year with, 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 a, with a sort of dread or a sort of fear because 2023 might not have gone exactly the way we wish it had gone, Right. Some of us have gone through some pretty rough things in 2023, and so in our minds and in our flesh, we're thinking, why would 24 be any different? But I'm here to tell you today, the encouragement of today's message is that you don't have to look at tomorrow with fear. We don't have to be worried about our needs being met. We don't need to worry about the storm that's surrounding us because God's given us his love. He's given us the Holy Spirit who is the ultimate comforter, right? In John 14, 16, Jesus said, he says, when he leaves, he promises to send another counselor or a comforter. Some translations call it an advocate or a counselor, but it all translates to the same thing, a comforter. He promises to send the Holy Spirit. Now in my spiritual life this week, what kind of brought about this, the start of this message was I, I was in prayer one night, I always pray before I go to bed, and in my prayer, God had, had convicted me about something I, I had he he had convicted me that when it came to the Holy Spirit I had quit referring to the Holy Spirit as he and being an actual being but rather a sort of it and as foolish as it sound, an it a feeling an essence but the Holy Spirit is so much more than just an emotion or a feeling or something that flows from the throne room of God the Holy Spirit is an equal part of the three parts of God you have God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Is not an it. He's a he. He's not uh, essence. He's a being, right? And the Bible speaks about the Holy Spirit in a personal, personal regards. He speaks. The Bible speaks of the Holy Spirit of being much more than simply a power or an influence or or an impersonable force or just an essence. The Bible teaches that he has personal attributes. But oftentimes, it's difficult for you and I to picture the Holy Spirit as a person or a being because it's easy to picture God the Father. We can see God the Father as a person because we see him in Genesis hanging the earth and the ether into space and, and speaking into the void and creating things. We see his love outpouring from the heavens through Jesus Christ, right? It's easy to picture Jesus, God the Son, as a person because he's flesh of my flesh and flesh of your bones. He's a person. We see him healing people and walking the streets of Israel and dying on the cross and shedding his blood. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, his ways are so mysterious, so unknown, so amazing that it's difficult for us to wrap our mind around the way he works and the person that he is. But in order for us as Christians to truly step into the Holy Spirit and to step into our calling with God and to understand the gospel as a whole, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is as much a he as any, any other part of the Godhead, any God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We have to understand when Jesus said, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to understand who he is. When we say things like, God, let me walk in your spirit. Let me speak truth in your spirit. Who are we referring to? We're not referring to an essence, we're referring to a he. We can see the Holy Spirit hovering over the earth in Genesis, creating order out of chaos. We see him moving and speaking through the hearts of man when Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. We see him working through Gideon as he defeated the army. We see him in David in the Psalms through the prophets, speaking of the future that was to take place of Jesus. We see the Holy Spirit in the Bible convicting us of our sin and pointing us towards Jesus and towards salvation. The Holy Spirit, he's what convicts us and shows us that we truly are sinful people. The Bible says "No one, you know, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody is sinless. The Holy Spirit empowers God's people to do what they've been called to do. We see him in Acts coming down as fire and the people speaking in, in tongues. We see him in Paul when he, when he stands before Agrippa, right, and makes a case for himself and speaks and proclaims the gospel of Jesus. We find the Holy Spirit in the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We see him teaching and reminding us of what Jesus taught. And most importantly today, we find him comforting us in our time of need. He comforts us. And so today we're going to look at two aspects of that. We're going to look at the comforter, of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to look at the comfort. Beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is that he is, a, he is a comforter that is filled with love. He is a loving comforter for you and I. Now, I don't know if anybody's going through something today or the storm that you might be in, but I encourage you that there is peace in this storm, there's going to be order in this chaos. There is a God who loves you. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. He's filled with love. How many of you guys have ever found yourself in a time of grief? Maybe you're at the grocery store and you get a call of bad news or you're out in public and something just comes to your mind and you begin to cry and you begin to weep. And somebody decides to take pity on you and they come over and they attempt to cheer you up, a stranger, and giving you, you know, giving you a hug or giving you kind words and they lift you up. But how many of you know, have been there, that cheer might cheer you in a moment, but it's not a lasting cheer because that stranger doesn't know you and that stranger doesn't love you. They might care for you in that moment, but that's not true love. And that kind of, that kind of care and comfort is like water that falls and makes... A rock wet. When the rain falls on the rock, it might make it shiny and new, but the sun comes out and the storm comes and dries it out and it's dull and, and back to where it was. Without love, it's nothing. Paul understood this. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Paul goes on to say that without love, we're nothing. And so you and I, we cannot help other people without actually loving them. But thank God that he's given us the Holy Spirit who loves us. That he loves us and actually truly cares about your well-being and who you are. We're not alone in the hard times. We're not alone in the bad times. You know, what is this inst- innate instinct that we humans have to love? And why do we love? We love because of John, 1 John four nineteen. We love because God first loved us. Take that in. That's a verse that never seems to disappoint me and never leaves, it always leaves me in awe because the God of the universe, the almighty and the powerful, the gracious, the one that hung the stars in the sky, loves me. And he loves you. He loved me in my sin. And he loves you. He loves us in our sorrow and our need. And in that time of trouble, God is there. And through the Holy Spirit, he gives us peace. And when we open up ourselves to God, we sit and we listen and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us. Now, as He begins to speak to us and comfort us, it's not always an audible voice. I myself have never heard the audible voice of God. I don't know if anybody else here has, and if you had, that's amazing, but I never have heard an audible voice. But what happens is there's this deep and there's this overwhelming sense of security and direction that becomes imprinted into our minds and into our souls. And it's a hard thing to describe unless you've experienced it. It's a difficult thing to say to somebody, well, I know God is taking me this way, or I know God spoke to me, and it's like did you hear it? no but i just know it because i can i can feel it inside of my soul And when you know the creator when the when the creation knows the creator you know you're in the right the holy spirit also uses the word of god as long as what god is telling you lines up with the word of god i tell you it's probably god speaking to you and as paul says in the book of philippians philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 he says do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's a peace, as it says, that transcends all understanding. It's a peace that transcends all understanding, and if you've experienced it, you understand it, because it's a peace that's hard to describe. It's this peace in the storm. It's a, it's a peace in the chaos. It's a peace in the unknown. It's a, it's a peace of knowing that God has got you in control, and you don't have to worry about tomorrow. We waste so many days worrying about things we can't control. I am so guilty of being worried about tomorrow when I can't tell the sun when to rise. I can't tell the wind when to blow. I can't tell the storm when to stop or the chaos to be silent, but I know the person that can. I know the God who can, and He cares for me. You know, Early on in my farming career, when we first started out, we had started out, you know, eventually built, getting some more ground and, and kind of growing it. But early on in our career, we, I had a, a, a very bad year. Everything that went wrong, could have went wrong. And at the end of that year, it wasn't looking so hot. But we managed to go to the next year. It was kind of like a camel, as Jesus said, getting pushed through the eye of a needle. We were able to push into the next year. The Year started out okay. But all of a sudden, it seemed like a repeat of the previous year, the bad year. And come about July, and in July, as a farmer, by about July, you kind of know which way the year's going to go for you because your wheat's starting to come off, your beans are flowering, putting on on pods, and you can kind of count them, and beets are pretty well established. And about July, things weren't looking so good. I had frost, I had wind, I had trouble with some irrigation. And I remember just having what I would characterize as just a, a mental breakdown. And I'm humble enough to admit it. It was a bad time outwardly I was able to portray that I was okay but inside it was it, I was a absolute dark mess and it came to a point where I was in the middle of a beet field moving water the small beet field out along the desert and I was so overwhelmed because I, I and I, I was becoming bitter and I remember just sitting in that beet field and I remember audibly screaming out to God why like God, I've done all of this, and I honestly felt like I'm exactly where you want me to be, but I'm still in this chaos. I'm still in this torment. You've led me to nothing. And God, forgive me for saying that, but I did. And I remember just crying out to God, why is this happening to me? What is the point of this? And as I was praying there and I was screaming out to God, I got this overwhelming sense of peace that just surrounded me. It's as if God came down from heaven and wrapped his arms around me. And in an instant, I knew things were okay. Okay. And as I sat in that field, in the presence of God, I got to looking around. And out in the desert, there was a small tree. And that tree was filled with these little birds. And around that, bird, that tree, they were feeding out of the desert, eating away. And off in the distance was a coyote early in the morning, hunting mice. And God told me, listen, he reminded me of what he said, in, what Jesus said. You know, if, if I care about these animals enough to provide for their needs, they don't worry about tomorrow, so why are you? And so do you know, and that, that was a transformative time in my faith, and that's something I can look back to, but do you know that that year, actually, and I still cannot account as to how, how it could be, but that year was one of the best years I had had up to that point. And I, it's all because God had worked through it, and I submitted myself, and I finally put my faith in God and said, you know what, God, you are in control. You are in control, and so he cares about our needs. It's that peace of God. That surrounds us and it's a piece of you know it's not a piece of knowing that everything will work out according to our plans but according to his plans it's a piece of knowing that God will do what his will is for our life and us being comfortable in the fact that God cares enough about us to do and to provide the things that we don't even know we need and the things we don't need you know we know we don't need to do like God if we submit ourselves as I did in that beet field and I remember telling God I said you know what God listen I will be what you want me to be I will do what you want me to do and I'll say what you want me to say, whether I'm farming or I'm doing something else, but this life is yours because I'm tired of trying to run it. And God will take that when we submit our will to him, he'll take his will and start implementing it into our life and we'll go places we can never even imagine. Just as Romans 8, 28 says, it says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purposes. A lot of people stop at the end of who love the Lord, right? All things work together for good for those who love the Lord. We forget the part and are called according to his purposes. We have to submit ourselves to God in order to, to find peace in what we're doing. Because it's his will ultimately that's going to go in our life, right? I found in my life what I think I need and what I want to do, it doesn't work out so hot. It doesn't work. It leaves me empty. We have to understand that God's will is the ultimate thing that we're to strive for in this life. Now, God's answer is not always wealth, right? It's not always health. It's not peace in in knowing that we're always going to be prosperous. And it's not always an accumulation of goods, but it's God's perfect will that puts us in the direction that he sees fit to walk out our calling according to our purposes, as Romans says. God's peace and his comfort is mysterious, but it's faith. It's faith in knowing that we don't know what tomorrow brings, but God loves us enough to care. You know, we don't tell the sun when to rise, we don't tell the wind when to blow, or the stars when to sparkle, or the seasons when to come, but we sure know the one that does. And we can take comfort in that. You guys remember that old song, I think the Cathedral Quartet, maybe that's, maybe I'm the old, the old soul here, but that, uh, <laughs> they sang a song, you know, I, I know who holds tomorrow, right? I don't know about tomorrow. And it goes on, there's a verse in there, you know, I can borrow. I don't borrow from tomorrow's sunshine because the skies will always turn to gray. But I do know who holds tomorrow and I'm gonna follow him. You know, through Jesus, we're looked at by the Father with love, grace, and mercy, and care. And Jesus looks upon us with love. You know, there's the other old song, his eyes on the sparrow. Why should I feel discouraged, it says, and why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? A constant friend is he. He is his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches over me. It's so comforting to know that the God that we serve cares enough about his creation, even down to the little birds that provide for them, but yet we still worry about our provisions, right? We still worry about our future and our faith and the storm we're going in. And we try to tell God, listen, I'm in a storm. This is no good. What are we gonna do, right? And he's telling you, listen, calm down. I've got this, I'm in control. Yeah, you know, the storm might last longer than we wish, but I'm telling you, there's always an end to it. God is always faithful to provide. In the Holy Spirit's peace, we begin to find the comfort. So let's look at number two, the comfort. You know, the Holy Spirit, he comforts us in three ways. The first being that he comforts us through prayer. How many of you guys have been participating in prayer this month? Hands raised? How many of you wish that you had a deeper prayer life? Me? Yep. How many of you guys wish to continue that prayer life every single day, right? That's right. So the Holy Spirit He comforts us through prayer. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, "...in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will." Now that right there is a powerful, powerful verse. That's a powerful part of scripture because I've known many many times in my life, I've found myself in such a struggle and in such a situation that the only words that I can manage to get out in prayer is Lord help me. When times are so rough, so dark and so heavy, it's difficult sometimes to even form a word of prayer. But the comfort is in the fact that the Holy Spirit understands that and he searches our heart and he knows who we are and he sends that to the throne room of the Father to intercede on our behalf. So even when you don't know what to pray or how to pray or what to say or even what you need, the Holy Spirit knows you enough and loves you enough to pray for you. It's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful thing to realize that the Holy Spirit can take our messy prayers. He can take our wordless cries and our, and our, and our dark and desperate plea, uh, pleas, and he can move them to the throne room of the Father on our behalf. And at that moment, as the Holy Spirit intercedes with us, God the Father looks at us in love through the cleansing power of Jesus Christ's sacrifice, and he cares enough about you. God loves you. And I, don't, and I, and, you know, and I never understood that this, this whole aspect of God's love. I was raised in a Christian household, and, and I was always raised saying, you know, God loves you, God loves you. Yes, I knew God loved me, but I didn't understand the depth of his love until I had my own children. Even now, I know in my mind, I have to remind God and myself in prayer that, hey, you know, I love my children, and I think I know how much you love me, but I know that I still don't even know a fraction of how much you love me. If I can love being, being what, what does Jesus say? Being evil as myself. If I can love my kids that much, how much more does God love me? You know, we could take a tape measure in an attempt to measure the universe. And I don't feel we'd even get a minute fraction of how much God loves you and I. As we pray, the Holy Spirit, he begins to align our hearts with God's will as he intercedes with the Father on our behalf. God's will begins to to align, you know, our will begins to align with God's will, and that is when prayer becomes effective. When we understand God's love for us, God's will is when our prayer life begins to align with His will, and we begin to step out and walk into His calling. So prayer is very important. And with prayer comes the Word of God. And that's another way that the Holy Spirit comforts us. He comforts us through the Word of God, your Bible. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 12, he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, which is the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. And he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to me or known to you. So the Holy Spirit, as we begin to read the Bible, begins to open it up and he begins to speak to you exactly what you need to hear at that very moment. One of my favorite preachers, probably my favorite preacher, is the cigar-smoking Charles Spurgeon. Anybody familiar with him? I love Charles Spurgeon. The way he's able to craft and to to break down the Word of God, it, it speaks to my heart. But he once said, he said, Believer, there is enough in the Bible for thee to live upon forever. If thou shouldest outnumber the years of Methuselah, if you shouldest live until Christ should come upon the earth, there would be no necessity for the addition of a single word. If thou shouldest go down as deep as Jonah or even descend, as David said he did, into the belly of hell, still there would be enough in the Bible to comfort thee without a supplementary sentence. Think about that. Oftentimes we cry out in our time of need, God, just speak to me. God, I want to hear from you. God, tell me something. Show me where to go. Speak to my heart. Let me hear you. And you know what he's telling you? Open up my word. I've already talked to you. Open that up and I'll speak to you. The Bible isn't just an ornamental book that we put on our bookshelf to collect dust. It is God, you know, he, he breathed life into that book. He's speaking to us through that, and as Charles Spurgeon said, you know, we could, we could read that and go as deep as we want into the Word of God, and there's never, we're never going to read the same thing twice. There will always be enough in there to suffice our needs, to, to answer our problem, to answer our questions, to help us through our time of need. God is speaking to us through His Word. The Holy Spirit takes people in the Bible, the examples that we read, and He reminds us of, of what we can do in our life and shows us that, you know, we're not alone in our troubles. As we read scripture, you know, he starts to remind us of God's promises, such as, I shall never leave you nor forsake you. All things work together for good. Fear not, I am with you, but be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I'll uphold you with my righteous hand. He reminds us of God's promises and his love for us, and that we're not alone. As we open and we dive into the Word of God, the Holy Spirit begins to equip us to handle everything that's thrown our way because we can read examples and stories of people that have dealt with the exact same thing we've dealt with and how they handled it and how God walked them through that. And we can realize how faithful God is. You know, we see stories like David and Goliath, knowing that even even when it looks like the odds aren't in our favor, God will still be in control. We can see unbelievable stories like Moses standing before the sea and parting it so they can find a safe passage away from harm. We find stories of people's needs being met, of people being healed from sicknesses, and from people being raised from the dead. Being a Christian, you know, prayer is not just enough. Worship is not just enough. Worship, prayer, and diving into the Word of God go hand in hand together. It is how we understand what it is that God is calling us to do and to be. It's how we speak to God. It's how he speaks to us. He opens up our eyes in scripture. He opens up our, our, our minds in prayer. Prayer allows us to speak to God and him to speak to us through the word of God. And it's important to know the word of God because you see Jesus, when he was, before he started his ministry, you know he was baptized, right? And then he was out in the desert fasting and praying. And what happened? Satan came to test him, to tempt him. What did Jesus do when, when Satan told him, listen, if you're hungry, why don't you turn that, that rock into bread and eat? Jesus said, listen, the word, he started quoting scripture, right? He said, listen, man shall not live on bread alone but by every word that comes from God. He starts quoting scripture and that's exactly what you and I can do when, the, when Satan and the devil starts telling us lies, right? Reminding him who you are. When the devil tells you you'll never make it through this time in your life you're not going to make it on the other side you remind him, listen i'm a child of god i'm loved when he reminds you and reminds me that we're not good enough or or reminds us of what we did yesterday and, and, and reminds us that we're sinners you remind him listen i've been saved by grace through faith in jesus christ and you need to be silent it's the word of god that we need to start quoting and starting to know and so my goal in 2024 is to dive deeper into my Bible and to mark it up. You know, there's periods where I'll go every single morning I read the Word of God and I'm, and I'm making journal entries and I'm making notes and I'm memorizing scripture. And then there's weeks where it sits on my shelf and collects dust and the next time I got to get it, I got to wipe the dust off of it. I don't want to be that person. I want to be able to go to the Word of God and to know it in my heart so that I can combat the lies of the enemy and I can walk in my faith Uh, upright as God called me to do, right? Because I don't know about you guys, looking at the news, the world in general isn't getting any better than 2023 was. And so I think we as people need to be uh, a, a body of Christ who's intentional in saying, listen, we're not just going to be mediocre Christians. We're not just going to slide into heaven, right, just by the by the hair on our head right we're going to be people who are intentional to to know the word of god to dive deeper into our prayer life and to love people and to do the things god's called us to do so we can be effective this world you know the body of christ the church is god's you know there's no plan b we're it we are god's hands and feet on earth and so let's start being people who stand up for the things of god and stand into our faith and be intentional that brings us to the third way that the Holy Spirit comforts us. He comforts us through the bond with our church family. So First Corinthians chapter 12, it's something that we're all familiar with. It's the body of Christ. It says in First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, that the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they, may, they, may, or they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so as believers, you and I are all connected to Christ through the Holy Spirit. We are the body of Christ. And when hard times come and we find ourselves down and out, we need to be able to turn to one another in the body of Christ, in our church family, and to be able to be encouraged by them and to encourage other people. If we're not open and willing to love those next to us that we sit in here today and to be able to be there in in their time of need, what are we here for? We're the body of Christ. You know, the body, I was thinking about that, even our our own bodies. All the parts can't work without the help of the other person. The muscles can't move without the brain telling them to move. The organs can't get blood until the heart pumps it. Everything works together just as you and I are working together. We're not, it's not us against them. It's us with each other. We're all a part of the body of Christ purpose of the church is to proclaim the gospel and to do and to do the work that god has called us to do and when we struggle the holy spirit has brought us together as one to lift one another up as we look towards jesus and if you're in a time of need and you're down and out don't be afraid to turn to your neighbor and to accept their help that's what we're here for for my neighbor the other day, I, I, she, it was one of those snowy days and she called me and she, she was wanting to know how the roads were to Twin and I told her, I said, well ma'am, I haven't, I haven't driven to Twin yet, but I said, is there anything you need? And she said, oh no, don't worry about it. And I said, no, I said, I'm going to Twin, you just tell me what it is you need. And so I went and I picked up some stuff for, and I come back. When I made it back, she thanked me and she asked me how, how much I owed her or she owed me. And I said, ma'am, I said, you don't owe me a dime for this. And and she kind of got upset. And she's a, a wonderful Christian lady. She was my kindergarten teacher um, a long time ago now at this point. She was my kindergarten teacher at the Lutheran Church in Eden. And she was getting upset and said, Now, I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to help me anymore if you don't allow me to pay, pay you back. And I said, Ma'am, I said, Listen, don't refuse a blessing from God. Because I said, I feel that God doesn't want you to pay me back and I'm not going to accept it. And I said, Do not refuse help from a fellow Christian or from a blessing from God. I said, just take it. And if you absolutely feel like you got to give it away, I said, fine, go to the school and pay for someone's lunch, but bless somebody else. I said, this is your blessing. And, and she's like, you know what, you're right. She, and, and, you know, so if somebody's trying to bless you and to help you, accept the help. Because the body of Christ, us Christians, we work the way God's called us to work. And perhaps it's God that's blessing you. Don't, you know, don't neglect the blessing is what I'm trying to tell you. When it comes to the body of Christ, you know, there's lots of different denominations in this world and, and may tr- argue over trivial things, but when it comes down to it, as the body of Christ is those who agree that Jesus is Lord and that he truly died for our sins and he is the son of God and he's been risen from the dead and he's up in heaven, right? And we'll see him again. As long as we can agree on that, it's not Presbyterian or Lutheran, this and that. We're the body of Christ. So it's not just these four walls. It's every, every, every Christian we're called to help and to be there for one another, yeah. you know, we, a couple weeks ago, uh, we took a trip. My wife and I took a trip to Scotland and we were in Edinburgh and we'd stayed. I think it was, I believe it was called the Royal mile. And, and on that mile, we, we it was the St. Giles Cathedral and, and I always thought, you know, cathedrals are just this ornamental giant thing. Well, we'll come to find out it was a working church and every day at noon, they had a 15 minute service. And when I, we walked into the cathedral, beautiful stained glass, went just amazing, smelled like mold, but it was amazing, <laughs> big, <laughs> everything's so, just so damp, beautiful. But we sat down in that 15 minute service and God had opened up my eyes and I realized, you know, we often think of the church, the body of Christ, just the people that we commune with on a Sunday morning. The body of Christ is all over. There was people, my brothers and sisters, that we met clear in Scotland. It was the same God that we were serving, and it was an amazing thing to realize. And so I encourage you, we're here for one another. We're here. That's how The Holy Spirit comforts us by using other people in our church, in the body of Christ. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, it's what unites us. It's not us against them. It's not us against the other church. It's the body of Christ. And through Christ, we are a family of believers. We're one spirit that we need to be there for one another. And we need to do just as Jesus said, love God and to love people, right? Love God and to love people because I have found in my life, even though my life, if my life is going good at the moment, there's times it's going to change. And so if I can help somebody else in, that, in their time of need, I'm going to, you know, I would expect it in my, my time. So I want to be there for other people and to do what Jesus called me to do, and as I begin to close, I want to leave you with this encouragement. You know, I, uh, Pastor Travis, when he asked me to preach, his one word of advice was to encourage the people. So I don't know if that was a general statement or if last time I did this, that was too hard. But I, <laughs> I will leave you with encouragement. First thing is to know is to know that you are loved. You know, I've talked to a lot of people. I've had friends that, you know, you think that they're okay and they they end up not being okay and and at times i wish that everybody knew how much they truly were loved because there's a god that that we serve who created you that loves you enough to die for you where each and every one of us are loved and in that love comes comfort so i encourage you to know that you're loved to pray often don't neglect your prayer life, and it doesn't have to be just a, uh, a formal, you know, oh, holy God, thou art amazing and, you know, fancy formal thing. It could be as you're walking to speak to God. Pray always, right? The Bible says pray without ceasing. Don't neglect your prayer life. Dig into the word of God. Open up your Bible, and if you don't have a Bible, we've got some here. We'll find a Bible for you. But don't look at your Bible as this book you have to keep perfect and you don't want to write in it. You don't want to mess it up. Open that thing and destroy it. Write till the pages fall out and then go get a new one and write some more. Open, and open your word of God and dive into it. Don't keep it on a shelf this year. Get connected. You know, we've got small groups here at the church. Find something to be connected in with other believers that are going to encourage you that it might be in the same area of life as you are, you know, in the same place. Find somebody to connect with. Get connected with other people. and Most importantly, be there for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And do what Jesus called. You know, when he was asked, when Jesus was asked, what are the, what's the most important commandment? And he said, well, it's this. Love God, love people. Loving people is not an option. It's a, it's a command, direct command from God, right? So love God and love people today. Go ahead and close in prayer. Heavenly Father God, I thank you so much for today, Lord. I thank you for each and every one of us, Lord, as we've come here and, and, and we're here to worship you, Father God. I ask that you would be with us, God, whether we're in a storm or we're in some good, the good time of our life, Lord, just know and help us to know that you are God, that we are loved, Lord, and that we have an advocate on our side, God, that we have the mighty counselor of the Holy Spirit, God. Help us to be filled by the Holy Spirit. God, please come into us, Lord, and help us to walk out our calling, Lord. Empower us as your church, Lord, to do the things that you called us to do, Lord. Help us to find our gifts, to find our calling, God, and to have courage and the faith to do it. Pray that you'd help us to know how much you love us, God. And we thank you for your guidance, for your comfort, Lord, in our time of need. I pray for safe travels home, Lord, a wonderful day with family, God, and that we arrive here safely on Wednesday and Sunday.
0: That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.